The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Baseball season is right around the corner. The 1420 Sports Bar Podcast and SeatGeek are on a 30-day tour with fans from around the major leagues. Listen in as we talk about where to get a bite or a beverage pre- and post-game. Best place to sit at every ballpark. Favorite food, favorite players, and favorite moments from all 30 stadiums around the big leagues. It's the 1420 Fan Experience Ballpark Tour brought to you by SeatGeek. Let's get into it. 1420 Major League Baseball Fan Experience Ballpark Tour brought to you by SeatGeek and the SeatGeek app. Use promo code 1420POD at SeatGeek.com today and save yourself 20 bucks uh, at SeatGeek on your first purchase. Uh, next up on the, uh, the the baseball tour is City Field in Queens, New York, home of the New York Mets. Today I am joined by Brian Scott, host of the Injured List podcast, part of the Belly Up Network of Shows. How are you doing today, Brian? Hey, I'm good. How are you? I'm very good, sir. Uh, thanks for doing this, by the way, on a, on a Saturday morning. You're a busy guy and you got lots going on, but you, you, you fit us into our schedule. That's that's uh, awfully kind of you. My pleasure. I don't mind jumping in every once in a while for doing a little off-topic conversation. From there you go. <laughs> oh, it's a good thing. I've never been, I've been to New York a number of times. I've, I, I'm a Yankee guy, as you can see with all the crap behind me here. Uh, <laughs> but I, I've flown it like in, into LaGuardia and I've, I've seen City Field, obviously, um, there's not much, like, I'm not going to be a, a Matt hater, this, this whole thing, I'm not going to do that, but it, there seems to be not a whole bunch to uh, to do around around uh, City Field. Am I wrong in that uh, in that, that assumption? You're, you're not wrong, but that is changing, and it's changing very quickly. In fact, uh, there's a lot of construction going on over there right now beyond the right field wall, which is where there used to be a lot of car chop shops. Um there was probably a few legitimate businesses, but the majority of them were, were not. And uh, the city came in a few years ago and was basically like, we're shutting you guys down. So you have a couple of options where we'll pay to buy you out of your facility and we'll relocate you or we'll have to do an eminent domain and take, take you over. So once they did that, about 80 to 90% of the shops took off and disappeared um, there was a few stragglers, but from what I saw last time I was back in New York and from what I've heard from friends and family is uh, they're, they've already started demolishing, demolishing and building stuff over there. So the plan originally from what I heard and read uh, in city papers was that they're going to actually be developing a kind of an outdoor entertainment area similar to like what you would find um, in certain uh, areas of cities uh, around the country, like in Tampa where they have that big outdoor area down in Tampa. Um, uh, some other cities probably have it. I think um, Philly developed something similar around the ballpark and the football field down in Philly. But um, the plan is to try and build a big outdoor uh, event space venue where people can go eat, um, dine, um, shop, possibly. I'm not sure. But uh, it's it looks like it's happening. It's moving. But um, I'm sure with anything that happens in New York City, it's going to be uh, a lot of hiccups along the way, some setbacks, um, delays. Um, so it'll probably be a while before we actually see anything fruitful coming out of there. But but yeah, you're right. Uh, there's not a lot to do in that immediate area. But, um, you know, it's a short subway ride uh, from Manhattan and uh, into Flushing, Queens, too, where there's a lot of stuff going on. So uh, in either direction, um, you can find plenty of stuff to going on. What's the uh, like? What's the pre? Like, I know you go to Yankee Stadium. There's the different bars and stuff, and they're old and grungy and dirty and stuff. But it's <laughs> it's, it's it's fun. But you, you, uh, what's the pregame experience like uh, for, for a Mets fan? Like, what do you guys do prior to going in, into uh, 
because the gates open like three hours before the, the game time. So what do you guys do prior to uh, to game time for a, maybe a beverage or do you meet somewhere before you hit the what's it, seven line army or whatever it is, whatever you guys call that? Yeah, well, so the seven line army is like this big group of fans that basically fan, form their own uh, fan club. And they're they're a good time. Uh, they usually sit out in center field. They're awesome. Um, but they, uh, the, I, I got to be honest, the biggest thing that I've always done and a lot of my friends who are big Mets fans have always done is tailgate. Um, there's some really awesome tailgates that go down. I've seen I've seen tailgates with several hundred people with a DJ, full nice. out barbecue pit, full out fire pit, full out barbecue station. I mean the whole nine, uh, catered food, homemade food. People just get together, have a good time. Um, there's a couple of different locations where you can find some really good tailgating. Um, some people will even charge you a couple bucks if you want to jump in there and grab a bite to eat. But I got to be honest, man, New York New York fans are great. A lot of times they see that you're you know new to the area or your first time game, they'll, they'll probably just invite you and give you some free food without even asking for anything in return. So I, I would recommend that um, if you know somebody or if you're going to be at, attending the game with a local tailgate. It's a great time. There's a couple of different locations uh, down the left field line. Um, there's a bridge that kind of goes over one of the roadways down there near the marina. Uh, it's a big popular spot where people will congregate. Um, there's another area uh, on the other side of the train uh, tracks down toward the tennis center um, where people will uh, also tailgate a lot. Um, it's a big open area. So um, it's a little bit of a hike to the stadium, but the parking's free. And uh, if you get there early enough, you can set up shop and uh, have a good time. Uh, the tailgating thing, well, because you when you go in, you can save yourself a couple of bucks too, because you go inside the ballpark and beers all of a sudden 15, 20 bucks for, for, oh, a, easily. for a like it's it's ridiculous how they but you, you can get a, a little bit of a glow on and have a have a good time prior to because man, you gotta yeah, it's crazy. Now they did open a bar in the stadium called McFadden's when they first opened City Field. The problem with that place is it obviously it's expensive, but it gets so packed so quickly. Um, and I think they usually open like three hours before game time, yeah. like finding the seat in there, getting service in there. It's just so difficult. Um, it's not really worth the headache or the expense. What's uh, what like there's, there's all kinds of things to do outside the stadium, like monuments to look out outside of city field. I did a little bit of research, but obviously people, it's a, I mean, New York, New York has a, a rich baseball history. There's a lot, lot going on there. A lot of great players. What's uh, what sort of to see and do outside of the stadium before you venture your way into city field? Yeah, so the the stadium itself that kind of pays homage to uh, the old Brooklyn Dodgers uh, stadium, Ebbets Field. So uh, the outside uh, facade is kind of mimicking that look. But uh, all along the stadium on the outside, too, they have some bricks where a lot of people purchased and left messages to family or put their names on the bricks. But there's also uh, um, tiles and um, etched uh, artwork and um, things that point to some of the historical and memorable moments in Mets history. Um, that kind of basically lined the walkway around the stadium. So if you make your way from the right field sign or left field side all the way around, um, as you go, you'll see different uh, blocks, um, tiles, or whatever you want to call them. I don't know. Yeah. But they're they're engravings. They're carvings on the stone, and uh, they're they're depicting different moments in Mets history. Obviously, like one of the iconic ones was like Mike Piazza's home run following September 11th. You know, that's depicted in one of the squares, and then there's all kinds of other ones too. Um, so it's kind of cool. Then once you get inside the stadium, it's actually a lot of cool stuff inside the stadium in the rotunda there, uh, paying homage to Jackie Robinson and a bunch of other uh, historical things along with the Mets organization and baseball in general. So, yeah, last summer when we kind of along the same lines in, in, in New York, obviously at Mass Square Garden, I, I never, cause I've been there a few times, uh, but then this past summer when we went to a Billy Joel concert, um, of course, right, that's what people do, uh, you, uh, 
all the way around had a year by year pictures. I, I never realized before. You walk all the way around and you go, oh, and I just and you never and I never picked up on it before. And it's, it's great how New York can do that with, with their with their rich sports history. Well, they've been around forever, right? So it's one of those things. Yeah. Uh, what's the uh, the best? Like, when, once you get inside, and you, you there, there's the, the I'm assuming they have a Hall of Fame there as well, or their, their uh, museum probably. Have you been? Yes, in there? they have a Mets uh, Mets Hall of Fame, Mets Museum there. I, I don't, to be honest, I don't think I've ever actually been there. Um, <laughs> I, I don't think it says. Uh, as you know, sacred as the monument park in Yankee stadium, uh, obviously, uh, because of the championship numbers, but, uh, <laughs> they do have, I think their own little, uh, mini Mets hall of fame in the stadium somewhere. But, um, there's, there's a lot of cool little things going on throughout the park. Uh, the nice thing about the inside of that, the, uh, city field is when you walk into the field level, you can access the entire stadium from that level. And you can walk 360 degrees around the park, hassle-free, you don't need a ticket stub. So once you're in that level, you can basically go around. There's food everywhere. Um, they've got a brewery-type area out in the center field behind the, the seats. Um, they've got uh, – they usually have, like, some things for kids back there. There's a little mini field in the back uh, where they have activities for children. They usually have, like, a pitching radar thing. Um, all kinds of events depending on the game and who's in town, but – it it seems to me like a lot of baseball parks are, are going to that like the, the newer ones and then every there people are remodeling everything. It seems to me like a lot of these these places are getting more reason for people to not be in their seats than for people yeah. to be in their seats because then when they're out of their seats they're spending more money and the like. And it it yeah. seems to it seems to be that 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 the way everything's flowing. Um, get off what you you mentioned Monument Park. I might get shot by other Yankee fans for saying this. That is the most overrated thing. It's it's just a bunch of oh, like, really? it's just a <laughs> bunch of plaques. It's people line up for hours to go. Oh, okay, it's there. Like it's it's overrated. Yeah. Personally, that's that's my own opinion. <laughs> but anyway, go and have a beer or something instead. Don't stand in line. But that's yeah. my opinion. Uh, you, you get it. You get you get your like. What's the best? Uh, the best. You, you talked about the brewery out in center field. And they got going on there. What's the best uh, beverages and food options you got in City Field? So, I mean, there's, there's a ton of stuff. In fact, I think they've actually hired one of the uh, former winners of one of the um, cooking shows that's on, on TV these days as one of the chefs from one of the restaurants. I can't remember the name, but um, they've got a lot of good, like local New York city eateries that have some places there. Jacob's pickles is one place, which is awesome. My wife and I used to go there in Manhattan all the time. And they actually have a, a venue now in city field where they do like Amazing fried chicken, believe it or not, uh, biscuit sandwiches and these fried pickles, which are freaking phenomenal. <laughs> um, there's also uh, I got the best bang for your buck has always been the sausage and peppers. Um, yeah. It's phenomenal there. Uh, I don't even know if it's made by anybody famous or any famous restaurant in New York City, but the sausage and peppers is always the best bang for your dollar um, at City Field. But they've also got Patsy's Pizzeria, which is a famous pizzeria that's been in New York since like the 1930s. Um, they they've got a, a place there, and then of course. Um, Shake Shack, which is a very popular burger joint that was started in New York City. It's now kind of throughout the country, um, but they have a, an eatery there as well. And they usually have themed burgers after players on the team. Um, I think now they got like an Alonzo burger or something like that. But they always, uh, you know, throughout the years, uh, different players have had different uh, items named after them on the menu. Those are probably the, the more popular ones, but there's a bunch of other ones. I mean, they've got basically any cuisine you can think of. There's a couple of sushi restaurants in there. They've got a, a bunch of uh, Mexican cuisine and uh, South American cuisine there. Um, one of the sushi restaurants is like a, a branch off of one of the famous uh, Japanese restaurants in New York City as well. Um, Mamuku, I think is the name or something like that. But uh, they, they sell, sell sushi and uh, Asian cuisine. So, I mean, you can pretty much get anything you want. Um, but if you, you know, if you're not looking to drop a lot of money at the park, like I said, it's a quick train ride into Manhattan. 
quick train ride out to Flushing, Queens, where you can get authentic, top-of-the-line Asian cuisine, or you can head in the city and find anything you want, too. So um, That was the one thing when I first went to New York. I, I didn't know anything about it. This was about, this is in 2000. 12 or 13 i didn't know anything about new york city at all and i i was a bit uh, overwhelmed and everything so I, I ended up staying in the bronx of all places like, oh, and i <laughs> thought didn't didn't think and yeah that was the one time i did that it was i was was that some days in or something just down the road so it wasn't too bad but oh boy and then the the, the ease of the uh, the subway system in new york it's 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 really really simple like you just jump on the d train in manhattan and you're at, you're at yankee stadium in 30 minutes so it's it's not a big deal right so it's pretty easy to to navigate all that stuff uh where do you where, like when you go to a game at uh, at city, do you, do you have a, a certain spot you like to sit when, with you, you and your wife go, or do you do you mix it up a little bit? Because I I have my at at the Yank I have the Yankee team. I have my my place where I like to sit, and we sit there all the time in the same same vicinity. What's what's your go to spot when once you're at a game? Um, honestly, I sat pretty much everywhere over there. Um, and there's really not. I, I and I say this honestly, there's really not a bad seat in the house. I mean, I sat in the Pepsi porch, which uh, is probably one of the more higher points up, uh, but it's a cool view especially when guys are hitting home runs out to that part of the ballpark, you yeah. feel like it's always going to land in your lap. Um, it often doesn't make it up there, but <laughs> and they've got a bunch of cool stuff going on back there too. There's all kinds of things throughout the stadium. So even if you're sitting up high up, there's always things going on uh, behind the, the bleachers and where, where a lot of the concessions are. Um, but I've sat down low along the third baseline. I've sat in left field um, just above the wall. Um, and I, I swear when I say it, there's not a bad seat in that place, man, every seat's, great view you're you will feel like you're really close now don't forget i'm comparing a lot of this to shea stadium because i grew up going to shea stadium and it is night and day from shea stadium shea stadium you know the, the seats were like at a pitch i mean you couldn't like yeah i'm, I'm with you, you felt like you were hiking up a side of a mountain cliff to try and get into your seats the stairs were narrow i mean it was dangerous yeah. walking up and down those seats especially in the upper deck um they had box seats down low on field level, which literally were a box. There was metal um, piping that would segregate. I remember. I always remember. Like, I remember that watching on TV. Like, how the hell do you even get into those? Like, it, it, like from the from your your watching on TV. Like, how do people even get into there? Like, it didn't make any yeah. sense to me because I was like ten years old. It was. I, it was. It was brutal and it was very uncomfortable. Uh, the seats were not big. Uh, they were not spaced out. Well, I mean, this. You know that stadium was built in the '60s, and they yeah. hadn't done much as far as renovations go. So it was pretty original to to that time frame. Um, so you know, and then you couldn't really get to many other parts of the stadium when it was in Shea without your ticket stub. They wouldn't really let you down by a field level unless you had a field level seat ticket. So sometimes we'd throw the the ushers a couple of bucks as when we were kids <laughs> they let us down there before the game nice. started. So, um, but City Field is complete opposite of that. So um, I don't really have a preferential place to sit. Um, I did go to the World Series game. Uh, I think it was game three or four when they played the Royals back in, I think, was it 2016, 2015? 15, I think it was, or 14. It was 14. the game where it was the game where they lost and uh, um, Daniel Murphy misplayed that ground ball late in the game that basically yeah. ended up uh, costing them or losing the game. But um, And I sat down along the left uh, left field third baseline not too far up i was actually at really good seats my wife was gracious enough to buy it as a gift for me because she knew this might never happen again in our lifetime <laughs> and um so i went with a, a friend and uh it, it was an amazing experience uh but but there's not a bad seat in that place uh so i don't have a, any preferential um place to sit but um yeah getting back to to getting to and from the stadium they make it really easy um the seven train which comes from grand central 
over to the to Flushing, which is the last stop, on weeknights and weekends during game times, they have a Super Express, which basically bypasses a ton of stops and gets to the stadium from Manhattan in like three stops. Yeah. So it's super fast. Um, it's always packed with Mets fans going to the game, and it's much easier than taking a local. The local will take you like over an hour, but you yeah. get on that Super Express, you're there like within 15, 20 minutes. And the same thing the other direction. Plus, you have the Long Island Railroad, which comes in to Willits Point, and it's a short walk um, right over to uh, City Field as well. So there's no reason to ever drive to the stadium if you don't feel like it or have to. The trains are geared and scheduled around game time. So it's really easy um, as far as public transportation goes to get in and out. Um, that's, and the- that's usually the way I go, believe it or not. And I lived in Bayside, which is like the next town over. I literally lived like four or five miles from the stadium. So, um, and I would take the seven train in. It's funny how people always get confused. Well, they don't, well, which way do you go? Just follow all the jerseys. You'll get there. Yeah, that's all you have to do. It's really quite simple. <laughs> follow all the jerseys, and, and there'll be all of a sudden, there'll be more and more and more of the jerseys, and then you're yeah, just you'll there. You'll see them all at the stops. And you're automatically the there. It's quite easy. Cold, yeah. And then if you're on the wrong side of the subway you'll you, on, on the, to get on, you'll know which one to get on because all the other that's jerseys right. are over just there. And it's, the really, it's really quite simple. Uh, the, the Mets have had a, a long, illustrious history. Like a, It's not a, a lot of heartache going on there. Not The, the one world championship or not the, in, in our lifetime. Like they got two overall. Uh, Who's your favorite Met of all time? Oh, I've had, I've got so many. We got um, time. Uh, I really used to love, I loved Jose Reyes when he came up with them. He was such a dynamic player. He could do it all. Five tool player, hit for power. The guy can run like lights out. I, I just felt like the timing was just a little off. They didn't quite have the pitching um, when he came up with David Wright. Um, you know, how could you not love Keith Hernandez when he was on the Mets and Strawberry and those guys? Oh, Goody. man. I mean, phenomenal. Um, I was always a big fan of Sid Fernandez, the big lefty, back in the 80s growing up. Mookie yeah. Wilson. I mean, uh, obviously, because they won the championship, you know, they're probably a little bit more stuck in my head. But, um, you know, the Mets had a lot of really good players came through their system. Unfortunately, it never, ever really clicked together. or The timing never quite worked out where they could have a ton of guys on the same field at the same time to kind of take them to that championship level. But um, it's looking good the last few years. It's looking good for the future. You know, unfortunately, we lost Jacob DeGrom to free agency this past year, but um, they were able to bring in a couple of veterans, and they've got some young talent still in the wings here. So um, hopefully we can get stuff done. But, I mean, how could you not love Jacob DeGrom? I mean, the guy was a Mets farm system guy, came up as a shortstop, you know, wasn't even supposed to be a pitcher, um, came onto the scene, and right from day one, it was like, okay, we, looks like we got something special here, and uh, he did not disappoint either. So yeah, Degrom. He, that's a, an interesting subject because it's, to me, I think he would have taken less money. I think he just wanted out of New York. Like he, he was leaving no matter what. Like it, it was, I'm going and I don't care. Like it just whatever yeah. for whatever reason. I just it just seems that way to me that he was like, we're close and I don't winning's not really a, a priority to me. And to say winning's a priority and end up with the with the Texas Rangers is kind of a okay because yeah. the Mets have a shot. Uh, they have a really good shot this year. That must be refreshing having an owner there that. Uh, and I, I don't besmirch a guy who wants to spend money and, and goes to do it. I think that's better for baseball than, than the other side of baseball where you, you got a lot of owners who aren't spending money and just fill in their pockets. Having an owner like that must be a good feeling. Yeah. Um, Cohen comes in, I think, with that New York mentality. Like, we want to be at the top. Like, let's get it done. And I'm willing to, you know, spare, spare no expense to make that happen if that's what it takes on my end. To, and then, you know, throwing it back on the players and saying, I got you what you needed. 
let's make it happen. So uh, I feel like the team has that kind of mentality. Um, a lot of the young players that have been there have been there for a while. I mean, you look at guys like Alonzo and um, um, uh, what's his name? Um, even my, my their center fielder that they just uh, re-signed. He's yeah. been with the Mets his entire career. Um, Nimmo, Brandon Nimmo. Yeah. Um, and, you know, a bunch of other guys. So um, they're all buying in, it sounds like. Uh, hopefully this will be the year. Uh, we'll have to see. But, um, yeah, it's, it's. I mean, it's. I have nothing good to say about the Wilpons and what they did to that franchise. For oh, what years. a disaster that so turned out to be. I won't even go there. <laughs> but, uh, you know, they were in bed with Bernie Madoff. If that tells you anything, then that's all you really need to know. That whole thing is just a debacle. Like, and everybody laughs every year on uh, July the first. The Bobby Bonilla million, yeah. one point one million dollars he gets until two thousand thirty-five, like 30, 35 or thirty-six. Yeah, it's ridiculous. The like, years, yeah. That is absolutely insane how that all worked out, and it's just, it's just a, it's the old Mets are going to Met situation, right? It's one of those, and it's, it's crazy how that 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 all turned out to be, and it's just, yeah. it's crazy. With the my thing with the, the Mets is that they. Like they're going for it year in year out, and like yeah, they have a couple of older pitchers this year, obviously with Verlander and Scherzer, and they went and picked up David Robertson, great re- Yankee reliever, and then which went free agent to Chicago, but now he's back with the Mets. Like it doesn't seem to bother the the ownership groups. He's got fourteen actual billion dollars in the bank, not the the yeah. the, the, the paper trail money. So he's they they're going for it, and they if so if if Scherzer and Verlander get a little bit older, which they are, and they're out next year, they'll go and get two more guys and throw forty million each, and it, it's it, like. Let's go for it. If we're going to do it, let's do it. Actually, the biggest, what I'm most excited about as far as their signings go this offseason is this guy out of Japan, Sengai, Kodai, Kodai Sengai, yeah. whatever. This dude, I think, is going to be legit. And I'm excited to see what he brings to the table. He's got some nasty stuff. Um, he's young. Uh, he shows some, some great promise over in Japan, which I know is not quite what MLB is, but we've seen some great players coming out of Japan in the last few years and historically. So um, I'm excited to see what he's going to bring to the table. And I think signing him was one of the reasons why they were a little bit less um, worried about letting Jacob DeGrom go. I don't think Scherzer and Verlander necessarily were the big reason they let DeGrom go. I think it was because of this guy, because this guy's got some wicked stuff. He's young. And I think the sky is the limit for him. If he can take what Verlander and Scherzer can teach him under his um, wing, uh, sky's the limit. I I have a prediction what's going to happen with the Mets a little bit. I I think that once the Angels are, are out of it, which is basically tomorrow when spring training games start, <laughs> they're going to start thinking, well, let's, because they, they got Otani this year for 30 million bucks, whatever it is. I think that Otani ends because they're not going to be able to sign him long long term because they're not they're not going to win they're just they're they're not and the and they're going to end up Otani's going to end up with the Mets this season they're not going to win the World Series this year but at the end of the year Machado because San Diego's not go, going to win Machado he's opting out he said he also ends up with the Mets and in 2024 the New York Metropolitans are going to win the World Series mark that one well, down I'll tell you what if we can land Otani I think that alone might propel us yeah so i don't even know if you need machado and all the baggage he brings but i mean you bring otani over here and in queens of all places oh he'd love it he loved new york Uh, that's why i'm like excited that this young japanese pitcher that they got is here because you know traditionally the a lot of the japanese players prefer to stay out west in california or the west coast because of the asian community out there but well you look at each year in seattle forever like it's the same thing right 
New, I mean, New York, especially Flushing, which is the right, I mean, you can see Flushing from the stadium. Yeah. That's like the, one of the biggest Asian communities outside of Asia, anywhere in the country. Flushing, Queens is predominantly Asian. Any Asian player coming over from, from Japan, I'm telling you, they would love New York City, especially playing in, the, in, in Queens. Yeah, stay like I can't like staying playing out in the Bronx. I don't recommend that for for just it's a different breed out there. They're, they're weird. I went <laughs> no to disrespect. actually no disrespect, no disrespect, yeah, no disrespect. <laughs> but it's a it's a different part of the world. There's no getting around that. Uh, la- actually, last summer we went to a Subway Series game with the, well, uh, uh, in in the Bronx, and it was fantastic. Like I thought, like the Mets fans and the Yankee fans got along quite well. It wasn't it wasn't. Great. It wasn't rambunctious like you hear all the horror stories and all. Yeah, yeah. there was there was some uh, fun. There was some like ribbing. It was not nothing mean, nothing aggressive. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Do you find Great Mets camaraderie? Fans, that's what it is. Like, do you find Mets fans to be to be that way? Because there's some places you go and it oh here we go. Like just it's awful. Like there there are some pretty aggressive places. What what are Mets fans like in general? Uh, I mean, they're not much different than your Yankee fans. I mean, you got to have thick skin if you're coming in there as a visitor wearing an, an opponent jersey. You know, uh, you're going to get razzled. But um, for the most part, everyone does it in good spirits, uh, in good fun. It's still a really good family fun atmosphere there. Um, of course, you're going to get, you know, your your bad dolls every once in a while there. But um, it, it it's great. Uh, the, the the subway series, man, all across New York. Because don't forget, we got Giants, Jets, we got Mets, Yanks. You've got Rangers Islanders. Yeah. You've got NYFC now, and um, Knicks uh, Nets and the, and the the Red Bulls. You got Knicks Nets. I mean, it's ridiculous. So we're used to it as fans going against our rival in inner city teams. So um, most people take it as an opportunity to go to games with their friends who they know dislike their team but like the other team and vice versa. So it usually becomes this whole camaraderie thing. You see a lot of people traveling in packs together where there's Mets fans on one side, Yankee fans on the other side, and they came together in the same car. So, um, and that's just the way it is. When you walk into the stadium, you see people sitting next to each other who are, who are there together to root on for their, their individual teams. You see husband and wives wearing different jerseys. You see boyfriends, girlfriends wearing different jerseys. It's, it's a lot of fun. I've never had a bad experience um, with any type of, rambunctious or mean-spirited thing there um i've always had a great time yeah it was it was a lot of fun I, it was my first experience in subway series and i i loved it. just the just the constant j- jabbing back and forth we were sitting out in uh in 203 with the bleacher creatures that night and it was a, it was a lot of fun <laughs> we had a we had a we had a really 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 fun time and the only time i've ever had a problem actually in at uh, a yankee game was actually when the when i was uh in new york and the jays were in town and i'm canadian and so i, I was talking and i was talking wearing a, my all my yankee garb and this this guy was got talking to him and he was from toronto and he started giving me grief about being a and i thought i was gonna get punched and like usually canadians <laughs> are supposed to be the nice ones right i was like what's going on here like what do you, how can you be call yourself a canadian well because i am canadian man like it was just i'm sure and i'm sure the the bronx people picked up on that canadian accent right away <laughs> yes it's like that's exactly it that's funny <laughs> it's just funny that you get in trouble like that. Uh, give me your prediction of where the New York Metropolitans, because you had a, a heartbreaking playoff loss last year in the in the initial in the wild card round to, to San Diego, like we just mentioned, 106 wins last year, I think it was. Uh, what's your prediction for the upcoming season? And what what, uh, what 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 are your hopes and dreams? Maybe is the first uh, World Series coming back since '86? I hope so. I mean, that, that would definitely be a hope and a dream. Um, I'm not sure how realistic it is, just given the uh, the turnover, but um, in the pitching staff primarily. But uh, if 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 our player, our young players like Alonzo and um, um, uh, Nimmo and um, 
<laughs> I'm drawing a blank. I'm sorry. It's been a long week. Our shortstop. Um, help me out here. <laughs> yeah, I know. I can't think. For some reason, I can't think of it either. It doesn't much matter. You know what I'm talking about. They gave him. They gave him a billion dollars. But yeah. Yes. Yes. If they can have a year like they did last year, and if the pitching staff can can stay healthy and and stay consistent, I think consistency has always been the issue with the Mets, especially their pitching staff. Um, they always have this kind of second half season dip last year. They actually didn't, if they can keep that up, I think now that they got another year under their belt, now that they got some of that playoff experience under their belt with their young guys. Um, I don't know if they're going to necessarily top that 106 win number, but they don't need to, they just got to stay, you know, within the nineties win column and stay ahead of the Braves because the Braves for whatever reason, always seem to just end up at the top of the pile there. And I don't know how they do it year after year after year, but they do. And if the Mets can just keep them back there and the line in the standings and, and do their thing, um, then uh, I think they can do it. I think they can at least solidify the division title so they don't have to play the wild card game and can actually make it into the series. That, that would be ideal. Um, that's, that's just one and done. That's such a tough division. You like every every always talks about the American League East, but the, the NL East. You got the Phillies, obviously. You got you got the Braves, and you got the Mets. That's a tough go. Like it's it's yeah. a really tough. Yeah, you have your your weak sisters with the uh, the Washington Nationals and everything because they're they're going to lose 120 games this year probably. But uh, those are games <laughs> you got to win though. That, that's the thing. Like those are the those those are more pressure filled I think than, than beating the the Braves because you'll go 10 and nine against the Braves or nine and ten or whatever it's going to be. But you, when when you have someone in your division that isn't going to win a lot of games, those are the games that can make or break your season when it comes down to it. Yeah. 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 Uh, let's um, get yeah, to the, the division should be good this year. Yeah, it's good. Well, you had a, uh, a World Series uh, finalist last year and the, and the Phillies came out of nowhere, right? And the, do you, yeah. as a Mets fan, is there a team that you just, you, you can't take and don't say the Yankees, but is there, a, is there a, a team in the division that you just like, I can't stand the team, the fan base? Is there is there one team that you just, I, I don't like these guys? Um, I don't have a problem with any of the fan bases, but I just, can't stand the Braves because I just don't understand how they continually do it year after year after year. I just don't understand. Yeah. And they always seem to have a really good player. They ship them off. And then somehow in the pipeline of their farm system, they find some other guy that just comes in and right off the, right from the start is like MVP world series caliber, all-star player. And nobody's ever heard of. And they yeah, do they, nev- they the never time. rebuild. They just regroup, it seems. Every year in, year out. Just it's like they just have a revolving through. door of young talent coming through their farm system that they never seem to trade away. Somehow they acquire them. I don't know if it's through the draft or what. We never hear about them until they end up in the big leagues, and then they're like superstar, all-star caliber player, franchise player. And I, I don't know how they do it, but they do. And uh, I don't know if that goes to their upper management. Um but you talk about a model of consistency. I mean, they've been through what, like two coaches in the last like 30 years. Yeah. They've won like 16 league titles in the la- uh, division titles in the, like the last 20 years. I mean, like it's just year after year after year. Um, and I can remember, you know, when I was younger where the Braves were so irrelevant, it wasn't even funny. Yeah. Um, but then as I got a little older and they became relevant, they've never not been relevant. Now. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's unbelievable. So they're probably the, uh, the biggest, um, tick under my skin when it comes to franchises, just because they're playing our division. We play them so many times a year. We always see them play them, seem to play them at the end of the year when it matters most. And they always seem to be just ahead of us, ahead of us enough that we can't pull it out. 
Yeah, there was that one series last year where they, if the Mets would have just won one game out out of four, I think it was down in Atlanta, and they lost all four, and, and so yeah. that, that, there was a season right there. Like it just it, it changed everything. Like you, there's an old saying, uh, you you can't win the World Series in April, but you can sure lose it. And losing yes. those those games early uh, can yeah. really affect your season. When when people say, well, it doesn't matter, it's, it's April. Yeah, but the, at the end of the 162, it matters. Lindor. Francisco Lindor was yes, the guy. Yes. There it, is. it just came to my head for some reason. I don't know why. It's just one of those I things. I don't know why. Yeah. I don't know why I, I blanked on his name too. But yeah, yeah. That's funny. Uh, we'll do some extra innings. We'll get you out of here. You got a busy day ahead of you. So ready to go? Oh, yeah. Is a hot dog a sandwich? No. Huh. Uh, no, it's a hot dog. It's a, it stands alone in, in its own category. Huh. Okay. Yeah. All right. Good. Just a question. Uh, day game or night game? <laughs> What's your preference? Oh, um, where? It depends where. Okay. At, at, at City. Oh, I love the day games at City. It's actually really cool. But you can't go wrong with the night game there either. But if I'm like in LA, Dodger Stadium, I want to be there in a day. I want to see that panoramic kind of view in the back. It's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Yeah. yeah. I, I, if, I'm, I, if I'm at Wrigley, I want a day game at Wrigley. Because that's what Wrigley's known for, right? They never had the lights there until like 1995, so... Yeah, it if was I crazy. I want to go to a game at Wrigley. I'm going to day. Yeah, Wrigley's Wrigley's a great, great spot. It's cold though, man. I went in uh, <laughs> in April one year, and oh man, the wind! It was it was brutal. Uh, here's another one. Um, how old is too old to bring your your ball glove to a game for a foul ball or a home run? Uh, there's no limit. It's timeless. You can do it anytime you want, whenever you want. However old you are. That's the right answer. Uh, yeah. Deep down inside, do you hate the Yankee fans? Fans, no. The organization, a little bit. <laughs> there you go. I think that's the right answer. That, that's the right answer. You shouldn't just hate someone because they wear a, a, the, the color of their hat, right? That's kind of, kind of one of those things. We should all, all try to get along. It makes things, uh, makes things a little bit easier. Hey, Brian, thanks for doing this a lot. Tell us about, about your podcast, what you got going on. Yeah. Uh, well, thanks for having me. First off, it was a lot of fun. I, it's a little off topic for me. I usually cover sports injuries and that's my, my gig. It's what I do for a living. So that's why I do it. Um, and I have my own podcast, as you mentioned earlier, called the Injured List Podcast, part of the Belly Up Fantasy Network. Primarily, it's where I do a lot of my work. Um, now I'm getting set to do a big uh, NFL offseason injury update uh, next week on March 2nd with Dan Mater on MD's Fantasy Football Show. Um, we'll be doing that live on YouTube. You guys can tune in and ask questions. You can find me on the Belly Up Network website. Um, you can find me on my own website, theinjuredlist.com. And you can find me wherever you listen to your podcasts, uh, any of the major podcast platforms. There, uh, you, you click a button here and there, and they all always pop up somehow, some way. I don't even know half the time how they get placed. I whatever it's, it's here, it's there, whatever. How it always works. No, it's uh, that NFL situation. Did the, the, the uh, my uh, co-host that we use, we'll talk get off baseball for half a second here, but he's a big uh, Denver Broncos fan. That Russell Wilson situation that they got going on there, and how he ended up basically running the franchise and, and wanted to, I don't know if you read, read anything about it, about uh, him going up to the Seahawks brass saying, get rid of Pete Carroll. And like that, that whole Russell Wilson situation is an odd one to me. He seemed like such a, a good guy when he was in Seattle. And it turns out he's really not. Is it me or is the NFL starting to turn into like the NBA a little bit? Yeah. I feel like, I feel like they're starting to get a little bit up, uh, up in their britches a little bit more than they probably should. These players. And I understand like, it's a physical game. They need to watch out for themselves. They got to make their money, but it's starting to have that feel where the players are kind of dictating 
everything that's happening all of a sudden. And uh, uh, I think there needs to be a little bit more kind of working in cohesion here with the organizations and the players. But yeah, uh, it's weird stuff. Um, I don't think we've seen the end of that. Uh, Denver, you couldn't have had a worse season. Oh, also Wilson yeah. going to Denver first year. So we'll have to see what happens there. But man, that was not good. <laughs> yeah, like um, you said, when the inmates start running the asylum, they, no matter what business yeah. you got, they, they, you hate to say it with these athletes because without, the, I mean, they're world class and they're the elite of the elite. But uh, they're, at the end of the day, they're just, just employees, right? And, Correct. and, they're, and they're replaceable. It, it's, it's a terrible thing to say because we, we, we like watching sports so much. But yeah. it, it just seems to be going on more and more and more in, in all sports. There's a lot, like hockey up here, there's a lot of problems with some teams that just players are starting to just quit on their teams and no one cares. It's just, it's just, the money gets involved too much, I think, is what, what yeah. happens, right? And we're we're living in a day and age where everybody got participation trophies and just and, and everybody was winning all the time, and now they, they were never told no. Yeah. I think that's part of the problem. So. Well, and that's that's part of the problem, too. I mean, I follow the Rangers in hockey, and, you know, you got this whole situation with their number nine pick from a few years ago, Kravtsov. The guy just feels entitled right out of the gate, and he hasn't done anything to prove himself NHL-ready, yeah. and now here he is demanding a trade. So um, I'm glad because I like to see him shipped off. <laughs> uh, we've got plenty of young talent uh, currently on the roster and in the pipeline as well. So we don't need them. Um, hopefully they'll get something good in return at least. But uh, yeah, that's exact. That's, that's a classic example of what we see uh, today. And it's, yeah, it's, it's happening crazy. in every sport, but every sport. Yeah. It's nuts. I think, I think I, I still think that Kane's going to end up with the Rangers somehow, some way. It sounds like it. They'll, they'll make like that it. work. I mean, by the time yeah. this, this gets out, it'll probably already happen. So anyways. yeah, Dr- Drury's, uh, Drury's proven to be, a pretty good negotiator, pretty good dealer, wheeler and dealer here. So, yeah. uh, you know, anything will be better than what we got with him right now. It's just a matter of hopefully not giving up too much. Well, that's just that. That's just it. Like, it, it, I will get out of here in half a second. I always find it odd how athletes end up being in management at the end of it because they were just hockey players, and yeah. it, it, especially it, it happens in hockey more than any of the other sports. I think that they're they're hockey players, and then the next day they're the GM, and it's like, well, how the heck did that happen? Like, it's 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 odd yeah. how that works out. Yeah. By the way, Brent, let your let your viewers know I don't just do football. That's what I do primarily, but I do everything. So if you ever want to have me back to talk hockey, I'll be happy to talk hockey. The problem with hockey is they don't tell you what the injuries are, which drives me nuts. Upper body, lower body, that's yeah, it. Like, what is that? I don't know when that started, but it's only been the last few years. And it makes my job a hell of a lot more difficult, which is already difficult enough because I'm just going off the media reports and everything. But if, if all they tell you is a lower body injury and that's it, I've got nothing. <laughs> Lower body injury. Okay. Yeah, I, that's got to be, it has to be something to do with, with, and it's going, I think it's going to get worse in, in most sports where the, the sports betting is taking over and it's got, that's going to make that whole thing a bit weird. Like what the actual injury is and how long guys are going know. to be out. And, yeah. But it must've been an agreement they came to with the players association or something, because we don't see that in any other sport. No. But when it comes to gambling, that's huge. That's like yeah. a huge bit of information to know because that could swing the odds tremendously depending on who the player is and yep. how long they're going to be out. I mean, I don't so know why if you had an over, game. over under win total for the season and all of a sudden this guy's out for, you think yeah. thing might be two games all of a sudden it's two months that can, that, that can change a lot of things up. Just, Could you uh, imagine in the NFL if when, um, Tua had a concussion, they just said upper body injury and that was it. Yeah. And nobody knew how long he was going to be out or what. Waste up now. Like, you, you guys figured out on your own. Yeah, like that's crazy. I don't know. I, I hope they. I don't know when that happened. I don't know what caused that to happen. But um, it I, it makes my job reporting on NHL stuff really tough. So I haven't done much NHL, but I'm always happy to talk NHL or any sport for that matter. So well, we'll have you back on the show once pl- the playoffs start. Maybe we'll get get t- talking some hockey, but and then maybe we'll do, do something uh, before the the because. The, 
minor, or the uh, spring training games start today, so that's a lot of fun. We'll get this uh, going. We'll, we'll have you back on the show for sure. Thanks, Absolutely. thanks a lot, Brian. Thanks a lot for doing this. We'll, we'll be sure to uh, promote the heck out of your show and see where see where this can all go. This crazy belly up network thing we got going on. <laughs> all right, Brent. Thanks. I'm glad to do it. Thank you, sir. All right, have a good one.